Well, someone say the Lord is good. What a beautiful presence of the Lord in this place. Again, I want to say, using the scriptures correctly and the definition of Easter, our world use it as being grateful and thankful for Jesus rising from the dead, so resurrection. And we are grateful and we are thankful that he rose from the dead with all power in his hands. Amen. Amen. And so for the last few years, I have just been stuck on the true definition of Easter. It's mentioned one time in the Bible, in the book of Acts and you look at the word Easter it, it means pass over and we have went along those lines for the last few years and every year every year people have been baptized in Jesus name amen and I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay this out is it's biblical if you've never been baptized in Jesus name he was the lamb that, that, that was slain and it's his blood that washes our sins away if you've never been baptized in Jesus name we'll be more than happy to baptize you today in Jesus name then you will have your true Passover because all the sins you ever committed from, from the time you was able to commit them until that time you're baptized in Jesus' name, they are washed, they are removed, they are taken away because the blood of the Lamb is applied. And anytime you sin after that, all you got to do is say, Lord, forgive me, and that blood cleanses you all over again. Somebody say amen. God, fill the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of confusion out there on baptism. There's no confusion here. The Bible said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. People say it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. As the scripture said, one baptism. Now, I wasn't planning on saying all this, but I'm here. I might as well say it. Baptism. In the Greek, it means baptizo. It means to plunge. To dip, to emerge, submerge, to be fully wet. There is no scripture foundation for anyone to be sprinkled. That is not baptism. The world will tell you it is, but I'm telling you the truth. When you're baptized, you must be fully wet. You must be plunged, dipped, immersed in order to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. Do we have any witnesses in the house today? Hallelujah. 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 So, I won't be talking about that, but the Lord got it in anyway. There's a lot of scriptures to cover today. I pray that I don't bore you to death. I'm just going to deliver to you what God has given to me. So, John chapter 16, 
And we're going to be reading Brother Rick, verse 5 through 7. Powerful presence of the Lord in this place. Powerful prayer. I know first hour was powerful as it was last week. And whatever God doing, whatever God's delivering to the prophets, been very powerful, powerful. And uh, very powerful tongues interpretation through uh, sister daughters today. So the Lord is in our midst. John chapter 16, verse 5 through 7. Rick, whenever you're ready. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Our key verse here is verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. He said, I know you're not going to understand this. It is to your advantage. The word in King James means expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away. He's talking about his death. He's talking about his burial. He's talking about his resurrection. He's talking about his essential it's ascension on high. And he's trying to tell them it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go not away, then the helper, the comforter, the Holy Ghost will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. A scripture just came in my mind. The worst nightmare for the devil and those that he influenced is when they crucified him. They may have celebrated and rejoiced for three days. But he rose with all power in his hand. And he had the keys of death and hell in his hand. I'm telling you, it was the worst thing they could have done. But you and I must benefit from his resurrection. And I want to talk. We're going to slow-mo now. He preached to you guys today. Did you preach? No, it was not neither. (laughs) But I want you to understand what the scriptures is saying. I tell you ahead of time, there's no way in the world to completely exhaust this subject. So I try to keep it condensed, but clear. So bear with me and pray that God will help you to, to follow and understand what the word of the Lord is saying. And if you embrace God's word, then somebody's going to have a resurrection in the house of the living God today. 
Well, let me say it again. If you embrace the Word of God, somebody's going to have a spiritual resurrection in the house of the living God today. Shall we bow our heads and pray over God's Word? In the name of Jesus, this is your Word. This is your church. We are the sheep of your pastor. I'm asking God as your Male servant, God, that you would anoint my mind to hear and to repeat what you have put in my spirit. I pray, God, your angels in this place. I pray, God, they'll be ready to move at your beckoning. I pray, Lord, that your presence that's already here, that it will remain. I'm asking, Lord, that your word prosper were sent today. I'm asking God there be no doubt, no unbelief in the house of the living God. I plead the blood of the lamb on the remainder of this service. I pray, God, your divine will will be done and that you will bless and touch your people today. We ask this all in the name of Jesus and everyone say amen. amen. You may be seated in Jesus name. But Rick, if you would go to Matthew 27, verse 27, if you would wait there for me. In the King James, I'm going to read the New King James and I'm going to change one word. The New King James we just read. And Jesus said, it's all red letter edition, nevertheless... I tell you the truth. Just that statement alone is powerful. He said, I'm telling you the truth. It is to your advantage. The word King James used is expedient. The word expedience means is especially to your advantage. It would be better for. It'll be profitable for you. It'll be useful for you. So in other words, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, especially to your advantage that I go away. It is better for you that I go away. It is profitable for you that I go away. It is useful for you that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Ghost will not come to you. This is the part that the adversary Did not understand. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And to him is the helper. And so we see here in the word of God, we're going to look at a passage of scripture uh, that talks about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. But I want to talk about the B 
benefits of Jesus being raised from the dead. And so let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Now, when I was sitting and studying, meditating, asking God what to speak, I'm thinking, Lord, this is the worship hour. But the Lord said, this is what I want you to speak. And I don't want you to be in a hurry speaking it. And I don't want you to judge by what you hear and what you see. You just give them my word. And I will do the rest. I believe, again, someone's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. And Brother Rick, you'll be waiting for me in Matthew chapter 27. The writer said these things in verse 1. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And so here, the writer has wrote this book to Theopolis. And he talked about the life of Jesus in everything that he done. Verse 2 said, until the day in which he was taken up. In other words, when he ascended up on high, he said, I wrote about everything until he was no longer on the face of the earth. After he threw the Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. In other words, he said it was after he had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. That's when he was taken up. But he also said this in verse 3. To whom? The apostles. He also presented himself alive. After his suffering, by many infallible proofs, that it could not be denied that Jesus had rose from the dead. And I know there's out in our world, they just think it's a good story. But it's a true story. Jesus died and he rose from the dead. And so he said, he showed him alive after his suffering with many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom. And so there are some things I want to pull out of here and and I want to talk about, I want to briefly talk about the death, the burial, the resurrection and about of the Lord. So, We want to go to Matthew chapter 27. It was after his suffering that he showed himself alive. But I want you to know that Jesus suffered. When I was sitting and reading, 
I would never understand the full magnitude. I would never be able to preach it or teach it with, with the passion and purpose to convey it because I did not experience what Jesus did. But there's a reality that when I began to read Reb, I said, he really went through something. Jesus really paid a price for you and I today. Amen. He really suffered for us to have what we have and to feel what we feel. That's the reason why the adversary fights so hard to turn us away from God. But thank God he loved you and I enough to suffer on Calvary Cross. What the world can't do, what doctors can't do, what medicine can't do, Jesus done it all when he died on Calvary Cross. Feel like preaching in the house of the living God. He set me free by the blood of the Lamb. I've been delivered because of him suffering and dying. And the devil don't have nothing in me. Somebody ought to say amen. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. And I am not ashamed to let the world know, uh, yes, I love Jesus. Uh, yes, I believe in the death and the burial and the resurrection. Yeah. Hallelujah. And yes, I was baptized in his name. Uh, and all my sins was washed away. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so we want to look at his his suffering, Jesus, really. So, I, I, you know, I, I said prophet over the years, man, I just try to just read this just the right way so people, they don't do no justice. You just got to hear the words and believe what the word is saying. So Matthew 27, verse 27, brother Rick, through verse 35. I may stop you here and there. I'm, I'm not for sure, but look at verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. I mean, listen, they, they stripped him. They, they ripped off the clothes that he had. Somebody help me. And he was God in flesh. He created those Jokers that done that to him. And any time he told one of his disciples, you put the sword up, they that live by the sword shall perish by the sword. He said, don't you know I can pray my father and he will give me 12 legions of angels. He, he, he let them do that. You know why? When he was on a cross, I know it's a cliche, but it sounds good. You and I was on his mind. It's more of a man not to do something uh, when you can do something. God help me. And so they stripped him. Uh, let's keep going. I, boy, I, I just, let's keep going. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed on his right hand. Notice a crown thorns on, on his head. Friend, I, I was trying one day to, when, when it was cold, they, to, to get behind those bushes to cover those pipe up, that that thing stuck me in my back. I threw that towel up there trying to get it on there. <laughs> that wasn't even a thorn, Brother Thompson. A crown of thorns on his head. 
Man, I, 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 he done too much for me, Brother Rick. I cannot turn my back on the Lord. I don't care what the world has to offer. I don't care what type of pull. The world don't love you the way the Lord loved you. Come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house of the living God. We ought to be grateful and thankful what God has done for us. Well, I may just mess up a good message today, but I want the devil to know I'm glad about him dying. I'm glad about him raising again from the dead. Where would I be without the Lord? I feel the Holy Ghost. Where would you be without God today? Some of you might be dead. Some of you may be on drugs. You may be on alcohol. But the blood of the Lamb. God help me. This is why he don't want you baptized in Jesus' name. He don't mind if you're baptized in the title. But he don't want the blood to be applied in your life. Let's read, Brother Rick, before I get in trouble. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's read, Brother Rick. Yes, sir. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him. Friend, they, they mocked him. And they took every, it was for me, it took everything I had to not come unglued on them. And just, but Jesus allowed his own creation to do that to him. For you and I. And watch this here. And saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him. And took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the reed. Back, back, back up and read that, yes, that verse again. They did what, Rick? They spat on him. They spat on him. Took the reed and struck him on the head. And took the reed that had the thorns and struck him on the head. Watch this here. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. Hmm. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross, and when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Brother Rick, if you would go and wait for me in Matthew 28, verse 1. And so we're reading about his suffering. He, he, he suffered after his suffering, the Bible said that. He presented himself alive with many infallible proofs. And it, it depends. You got to get all the books, the Gospels, to get the full picture 
of the suffering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to pick it up in in verse 45. The Bible said, now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sometai, it sounds good to me. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, he was not God forsaken. I I don't have time to get into this, but all the sins of the past, the present, and the future had touched his body. Oh, man. He was our spiritual scapegoat. When we're baptized in Jesus' name, symbolically, we are taking our hands and we're placing it on the Lord. And all the penalty of sin that's supposed to came to us, it rests on him. And so when all the sins of the world rest upon him, he felt God forsaken. You know why? So we don't have to feel God forsaken. When we're baptized in his name, Jesus said, I have paid it all. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, thank God he took my place. Uh, when the devil remind me about my past, uh, I'm telling my past, uh, it's covered by the blood of the Lamb. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm no longer, God, I feel, no longer drug addict because of the blood. Uh, no longer alcoholic because of the blood. Uh, no longer thief uh, because of the blood. Uh, no longer liar because of the blood. Uh, somebody ought to thank God for the blood. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, why don't you put your hands together and give God some glory? somebody thank God you had your Passover that's your past you don't have to worry about the penalty of sin he took our place the Bible said he blotted out the hand, writings the order, and there was a kiss. I don't have time to, to get to that when we're baptized. And he nailed it to his cross. The Bible said some who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran He took a sponge and filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In other words, he died. Now, remember the promise he made. He said, it is to your advantage. It is to your good. It is expedient that I go away. It is for your 
benefit. And so he would not let anything stop him from dying because God had a people that he desired to live on the inside and empower them every day to show the devil not everybody's going to live for you. There are some people that are going to live for me, but he could not give us his spirit until he died and ascended on high. I want to know, does anybody want to have the benefit of the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost today? And so we looked at his suffering. We, we looked at him dying. Let's talk about him rising from the dead. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 8. Just, just bear with me. I won't be real, real long. I don't want your food to burn up in, in the slow cooker. As long as you got it on super slow, you're going to be all right. <clears throat> Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And so Jesus rose from the grave. And when they went to find him, he was not there. I'm so thankful we serve a God that's not still hanging on the cross. How many know Jesus is alive? Oh, come on now. How many really know Jesus is alive? I'm so glad we, we don't serve a God that's still in the tomb. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I know that God is real. How many know that he's real? How many can feel the presence of God? Come on, somebody. Has God been good to you? Come on, somebody. We don't serve a dead God. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house of the living God. We don't serve a God that's just a story out of the book. Uh, but the God I serve is alive. Come on. And well. Somebody say, how do you know he's alive? Well, how did you get up this morning? Uh, we need to move on. We won't get anywhere. But I want the adversary to know I, I don't serve a dead God. God help me. I'm trying not to get off track. So much go around like the God we serve. He's a dead God. He's still hanging on the cross. Oh, uh, friend, I may be going through something, uh, but I'm not going by myself. I, I know that I'm in the hands uh, of God Almighty. Uh, so he's risen from the dead. 
And now he's going to present himself alive with many infallible proofs. So I want to read one story, and I'm, I'm just going somewhere. I want you to understand the benefit of, of Jesus rising from the dead and ascending on high. But Rick, if you go to Luke 24, verse 36, wait for me there. John 20, verse 19 and 20, the Bible said, then the same day at evening, it's after he was crucified, after he was buried, after he rose from the dead, the disciples didn't know. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands. He said, the grave couldn't hold me. I want you to know it's not a copy of me, it's me. He showed them his hands. And the Bible said, and he showed them where they pierced him in the side. And then the disciple was glad when they saw the Lord. He presented himself alive. Now, he had already made some promises. But he's going to make another promise. And then we're going to reinforce that promise. And some people are going to receive that promise today. And so in Luke 24 and verse 36, let's begin to read right there. Luke 24 and verse 36. I, I, I tell you, prophet, I got to read it and thinking about what he done. Friend, I said, you, you, you done all that for me? And we have people that say, oh, the Lord don't love me. No, no, no. He loves you. He loved. He died for you. Come on, somebody. He died for you. Listen, friend, they all talk about these false gods and stuff. And, ooh, I'm going to get in trouble. And Buddha and, and Muhammad and all that. They are dead and they're still in the grave. And if you go and look, their bones are still there. But I think if I go to the tomb of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to find anything. He's not there. He is risen. He did all this for you and I. And because he overcame the world, guess what? You and I can overcome. Matter of fact, it's the will of God that we... He's going to tell us how we can overcome. Luke 24, verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. Now, he had already died, rose from the dead. Now, he's showing himself alive to them again. Verse 37. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. <laughs> they thought it was a ghost. They won Casper. <laughs> Verse 38. <clears throat> and he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? They go, well, it looked like Jesus I don't know if this is Jesus. So the Lord just read their hearts. And now he's going to prove to them it's him. Verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Now, they've seen all that. 
if that didn't convince them, we know that Jesus was apostolic. Look at the next scripture. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? Mm, he was apostolic. <laughs> I'll come to the function as long as you got some food. First, first 42. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate in their presence. So there he is again, proving himself to be alive. Brother Rick, if you would go to Acts 1 and wait for me at verse 4. I'm going to stay here, Luke. I want to pick it up in verse 44. After he ate with them, the Bible said, he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Prior to me being crucified, prior to me dying, Prior to me rising from the dead, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus It was necessary for the Christ to suffer. It was necessary. It was necessary. It was necessary by his stripes, by his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. Somebody else say amen. Let me say it again. I don't care what you're going through. According to the word of God, by his stripes, we are healed. Well, that's a few. How many believe that God is the healer? They say that all major diseases are in 39 categories. And it was 39 strikes, 40 say one. And if that's the truth, if that bears out, I have done the research. And every strike he took, every beating that he took before our sickness in our body. And I don't care what anybody say. If it's in the word of God, I claim my healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How many believe that God is a healer? Ah, for the Holy Ghost in the house. Ooh, I'm trying not to get off track. Let's keep going. We don't present a God that's not real to the people, but thus is written. This was necessary for Christ to suffer. And it was necessary for him to rise from the dead the third day. It was necessary. And he's talking to his disciples in verse 47. And he said, and that repentance and remission, which means forgiveness of sin, should be preached in his name to all nations. And that's in Acts 2. And all nations was represented there when the Holy Ghost was poured out. And when they preached, notice here, it didn't say a name. Repentance means forgiveness. You can't have forgiveness without blood. And so the way they preached forgiveness was in baptism in Jesus' name. You say you're on it. Oh, yes, I am. 
I tell you the truth. You want forgiveness in your life? You must be baptized in Jesus' name. Should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Now watch this here, verse 50. Behold, I sin. Jesus said, I sin. The promise of my Father upon you. But tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed him. Then it came to pass while he blessed him that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, just like he said, with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So my question is, what is this promise that he told him, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to tarry. And don't you leave until the promise of my father come up on you. What is the promise? And we're going to find out the promise could not come until he rose from the dead. Until he ascended upon high. And I want to tell everybody in here God has a promise for you can I say it again God has a promise for you and when you hear about this promise if you have not received it you gotta make up your mind you gotta say that's my promise and God has it for me alright we're speeding right along Acts chapter 1 verse 4 who else was done I know you are happy I'm not going to ask you to happen, you know, or clap your hand. Everybody's going to be standing up on their feet and everything. Acts 1, verse 4. This is just here. In being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. He said, you have heard from me. We're going to find out where they heard about this promise before. Here, the writer's just recapping the same thing that was spoken in Luke. Now he's going to tell us what the promise is. So, Brother Rick, if you would be so kind and read verse 4 and 5 together. In being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out. It may not make sense. But when we get to the promise, and we're just about there, about 10, 15 minutes we'll be there. We, we should be done in a few minutes. Sometime, you just got to wait. Sometimes you just got to tarry. Don't get discouraged if it don't happen the first minute, second minute, third minute, fourth, fifth. He said, you have to Wait. These jokers, they're not jokers, but they waited a long time. These are the good ones, so they're not jokers. He said, wait. Now, Brother Rick, what did he say in verse 5? For John truly baptized with water. No, I'm going to read verse 1 5. I'm sorry, I want to interrupt. You can go out with her, I promise. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not uh, back up verse 4. Oh. Reverse one for five. I know I'm messing you up, but we, four and five. All right. we're, we're, we're working in tongues right here. Yeah, four uh, or five. In being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. 
Now here's the promise, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the promise is that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Now, watch this here, verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive what? When what happened? Holy Spirit has Ah, come upon you. Wow. That word power means that you're going to receive ability from God, strength from God, and miraculous power that God can work wonders and miracles through you. He don't want you to receive that promise. He don't want you to receive God's strength and God's ability and God's miraculous power. But he has made a promise to you. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I go not away, the heifer, the comforter, the Holy Ghost cannot come. But guess what? He has went away and the Holy Ghost is for you and I to have today. Now, oh, let's keep reading, Brother Rick. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Wow, he's going to give us power. So, he, he said, this is a problem. You tear in Jerusalem. Until you've been doing power from on high, you you stay there. Now, what I find so interesting is that the Lord spoke about this in another place in the word of God. And this is where I want you to focus. If you heard nothing up until this point, I want you to catch this point here. I want you to really focus in on this. But Rick, if you would go and just wait for me, John 16 and 7. So let's go to John chapter 14. Sister Ruth, if you are strumming, you can come. I, 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 I prayed and I asked God, this is what you want me to minister. Please help it be clear. I, I can't go into a long study, but help it be clear. Help your people to grasp what you're trying to say. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. Jesus is preparing them for his death, his departure. And so he's speaking to them. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, Obey my word. That's the way he measure if you love him. And then he said this. And I would pray, I would ask the father. And he will give you another comforter. Which means counselor. Helper. Intercessor. Advocate, strengthener, and one that stand by. I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter 
that he may remain with you forever. What was he saying? While he was with them, he was their helper. He was their comforter. He was their advocate. He was the one that stood by. He was their strengthener. But he was God in flesh, but he was subject to his own created laws. And so as a man, he could only be in one place at one time. But the another uh, other comfort that's coming can be in you, in you, in me, in you, in you, in you, in you, all at the same time and never leave us. That's why it says it's expedient that I go away. If I go not away, uh, the comforter cannot come. Uh, but if I depart, uh, I will send him unto you. Uh, I'm just getting a little bit excited. Uh, I'm so glad today uh, that I'm filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere I go, I take Jesus with me. Anybody like to take Jesus with you everywhere you go? Oh. And so, the word another, I want you to catch this. Um, we, we have a doctrine out there that's not biblical. And use the word called trinity, which means triune, which means three. God the Father. God's Son, God the Holy Ghost, co-existent, co-eternal. However, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And so if it's not there, we really can't use it. What's this I'm here? Let me just, just say this here. They say, well, it's there. They was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. Jesus told them to baptize their way. And they did. They knew the name of the Father. They knew the name of the Son. They knew the name of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Jesus' name. Acts chapter 8, verse 16, Jesus' name. Acts chapter 10, verse 48, Jesus' name. Acts chapter 19, verse 5, Jesus' name. Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Because he is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You say, how can that be? Very simple. Hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a husband. That's my wife over there. I'm a father. There's my daughter right there. I'm the bishop of this church. Uh, and sometimes I'm just a knucklehead. There's four titles, but I have one name and I'm one person. It's one God. His revealed name is Jesus. This is why the devil, he don't care if you pray, but don't do it in the name because there's power in the name. All right. So let me look at this word another. Another means it's only different in application. In other words, it's coming from the same source. 
but in a different form. Jesus was talking about himself. I would pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that would abide with you forever. In other words, he's coming from the same source, but different in application. Now watch this here. Now it's going to tell us the application. Man, I feel like I'm teaching English up here. Watch this here. Verse 15, let's hit it again. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, intercessor, advocate. Different application, but coming from the same source. That he, he, he may abide with you forever. Who is the he? The spirit of truth. The different application, he's coming in the form of the spirit. I know I'm not spirit, but it just feels good to go. Spirit. He said the application is going to be different, but it's coming from the same source. The spirit of truth. Now watch this here. Whom the world cannot receive. You know why? Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Well, the Bible said he was in the world. And the world was made by him, John chapter 1, verse 10, and the world knew him not. When they don't keep his commandments, they don't know him. They can't receive him. It said because it it neither sees him, they can't perceive him nor know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. Now, who is dwelling with them? Jesus was dwelling with them. For he dwells with you and will be where? In you. How? In the form of the Spirit. People try to tell us that the Holy Ghost is not necessary and the Holy Ghost is not real. Hey friend, if you want the Lord to abide with you forever, then you got to have the benefits of the resurrection and receive the Spirit of God Almighty. Now mm. watch this here. He said, for he dwelling in will be you. He said, I, he said, I will not leave you as offer. I will not leave you fatherless. Will come to you. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm coming to you. It's a different application. I'm coming to you in the form of a spirit. He said, That's why I got to die. If I die, then I will come and I will bring myself to you. Go ahead and strum, Sister Ruth. And so we're going to see what, what, what happened here. You can go ahead, Strong. You can, Strong. Jesus said this in John 16 and 7. I want us to read it again. You can have your resurrection. The benefit of it is that he's here in the form of the Spirit. If people really knew the scriptures, 
they wouldn't be fighting with the evidence that God chose. I'm not going to wrestle with the evidence. Whatever your evidence is, just feel me. Let me have the benefit of the resurrection. And so when the Bible said, I never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. Can you see him? You don't have to, but I know he's here because when he came, uh, there was an audible sound that God let me know that he dwells on the inside. People want to talk about resurrection. They need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right, let's read this, Brother Rick. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It's to your advantage. It is for your good. It is to your benefit that I go away. What else, Brother Rick? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. All right, now... Rick, we're closing on this. Go to Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. But prior to that, we had come to Scripture already. Acts 1, verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And we just seen what they heard from him in, in John chapter 14. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Hence. But the Holy Ghost cannot be poured out. He cannot come back in the form of the Spirit until he died and went away. So, we're going to look in scriptures. They've done exactly what Jesus said. They went to Jerusalem. They tarried. They waited. And they didn't leave until they was endured with power from on high. Acts chapter 2, let's begin in verse 1. Now, that's the last set of scripture we're going to read. And I'm going to explain to people how to benefit from the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, I wrestle with trying to hear from God. Just, just, just wrestle with it. Most people know this, but some need to be renewed, brother Rick. Been a long time since some of us spoke in the spirit, stirred up that gift. And then we could have talked about the blood, but we talked about baptism every year. But this is what God says: there is some here. He died for you. And he rose from the grave for you. And he ascended on high for you to be filled with his spirit. God said, how long are you going to battle this by yourself? How long are you going to try to survive by yourself? All you have to do is open up and invite me in. And friend, I will come in. I bind doubt. I bind unbelief. I bind anything that will hinder everyone that's willing to reach out to receive 
the Lord in the form of a spirit today, of the spirit. I bind everything that will come against you. And I'm telling you before we read this, you got to make up your mind, you know, today is mine. It's mine. It's mine. Listen, friend. Let's read this here. Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. Watch this here. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. They were in one accord and one place. It wasn't a hundred accord. I know that's in the Bible and stuff, but they was in one accord in one place. What happened, Brother Rick? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Where did the sound come from? He said, I, I will send it back. God, we don't have time to get into scriptures. Sound came from heaven. Watch this here. As of a rushing mighty wind. As a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. Uh-huh. And one sat upon each of them. On each of them. Everybody that's going to open up today. God's spirit is going to set up on you as an individual. On each of them. Watch this here. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They was all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's start right here. I have heard people over the years. Well, they say when you believe you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's not Bible. It's not there. It is not there. And anytime you, you want to sit down and discuss it, call the office, just morale to set up an appointment. And I'm sure it's not there. You ask people, how do you know you have a spirit? How do you know you feel with God's spirit? Well, because I feel good. Friend, I used to feel good when I was in the world. Getting my groove on. Come on, somebody. There wasn't no Holy Spirit there. How do you know you have a Holy Spirit? Because I accepted the Lord. Okay. Well, how do you know that God accepted you? You say, man, Bishop, why are you doing that? You want to scare some people off? No, or not. I am telling the truth. So you can walk out of here with Jesus living on the inside. So read that last verse that you started with, and, and I won't interrupt you. Watch this here. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one said upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They was all filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know, Brother Rick? They began to speak with, to- with other tongues. They began to speak with what? Other tongues. Ah. As the Spirit gave them utterance. As who gave them the utterance? The Spirit. Oh, so the Spirit gave them the utterance. And so they begin to speak with other tongues. And, and people get receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues mixed up with the gifts of the Spirit. I don't have time to get into that today. But when the Lord filled you with his spirit, you will speak with other tongues. It is a sign to you and everybody around you that God is living and dwelling on the inside of you. Do I have any witnesses in the house? 
And so if I had time, I would go back and verify all that in scriptures. But I don't have the time. We'd love to teach you Bible study if you struggle with it. But today, you need to receive it by faith. God, if it's for me. People that argue against this, I don't believe it. I don't believe it's necessary. They've never been sincere and say, God, if it's real, I'm going to worship you. And I'm open to receive it. I dare you to challenge God today. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Listen. I got two things to say and we're going we're gonna to pray. Listen, I, I, I come, I had no knowledge of what the Holy Ghost was. I come from a home and my father passed the church and reaching in his background, I believe. His, his father uh, was, was, was in truth. But I, I, I didn't know about this Holy Ghost. I didn't know about this. I thought I had a relationship with God. I knew of God, but I didn't know God. And, and I remember here un educated in the things of God and sometimes that's the best I was so hungry for God we was in the church and you heard the story it's on the patio it was in the back of my first pastor's house and they had wooden uh, benches without a back I don't know how we sat there that long without a back and uh, I, I remember one Sunday morning we was there and they were singing the song. And we never stood singing the song the way I grew up. We never clapped our hands in church. But I remember standing up and I began to talk to God. I didn't care who was beside me. I said, Lord, change me. Lord, come into my life. Now, you know, people are talking about accepting the Lord. This is accepting the Lord. Lord, Change me, Lord. Come into my life. Lord, I don't want to live like this anymore. I, I, I need you. And before I knew it, before anybody explained, before anybody told me anything, I began to speak with other tongues. I didn't know what it was. I was so hungry for God. God said, I'm not going to wait for you to understand. Uh, you want me? I'm going to feel you right now. Nobody laid hands on me. I didn't go to the altar. I opened my spirit and I said, God, I need you. God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues. I didn't know when to stop. That was in July 1983. And my life has never been the same since that time. Don't tell me God is not real. If you want God today, you got to open up and say, God, fill me. So quickly, why did God choose the tongue? One, is our chief means of expression. Two, God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. John 3 says this here. I'm done with this. John 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus. And I said, hey, Rabbi, we know your teacher comes from God. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with you. The Lord said, hmm, Nicodemus, except the man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus goes, hmm. Except the man is born again. He ain't born on a low case. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, uh, Jesus, how 
can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said he understands the concept. He's thinking in the natural, but I'm speaking in the spiritual. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except the man be born of the water, that's dealing with baptism, and of the spirit, big ass, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Then he said, that which is born of flesh, that's flesh. But that which is born of spirit, is spirit. Nicodemus looked at him and go, wait a minute, dude. He said, well, you know what? I'm Nicodemus. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a ruler of the Jews. I'm a teacher. And you telling me, I know God. And you telling me, knowing God is not enough. You saying, except I be born again, I can't enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Marvin, not did I say unto you, Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, teacher of the word of God, except. He's born again. He cannot enter to the kingdom of God. So I'm going to explain this flesh and spirit. Then Jesus went, he said, let me get inside the spirit. He said, uh, the wind blows wherever it wants to. Have anybody seen the wind? Don't you raise your hand. <laughs> you can't see the wind. But have anybody seen the effects of the wind? Have anybody ever heard the wind? Sometimes when it's cold, man, I'm telling you, you can hear that wind. So he said, uh, the wind blows wherever it wants to. And thou, everybody say, hears the sound thereof. That word sound thereof means the language thereof. But you can't tell from whence it comes because you can't see it or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Spirit is like the wind. You can't see it coming. You can't see it going. But when you're filled with it, there will be a a sound thereof. She so said, "What type of sound?" Glad you asked that question. That was born of flesh is flesh, it was born of spirit is spirit. So flesh is birth. What God has ordained between husband and wife to come together, see this plant inside of the woman, she conceived. Notice this here when. Mama conceived because the seed from the man is placed inside the woman. The baby's being developed in the water sack. The baby's completely covered by water. And let me just, just throw this out here. Just, it's just good. When that baby come out of the womb, what is the baby covered with? Say it again. So when you're baptized in Jesus' name and you come up, you don't see it with your natural eye, but you're covered by the blood of the Lamb. So he's making a natural birth process, just like the spiritual birth process. And so, while the sack break, they rush mama to the hospital. They put mama up on the table. And the doctor's nurse said, push it, don't push it. All of a sudden, mama get that push. Did you have yours naturally? Okay, so you didn't cheat. No, I'm just joking. No, no. And so, so, so Sister Kira, when, when you, when you work with me, you pretend if I'm saying something wrong. And you pushed in that, and, and the baby came out. How did you and Brother Anthony and the doctors and the nurses know that that baby was alive? He cried. Did you understand what that baby was saying when he cried? 
but you had a big Kool-Aid smiling face. Oh, yeah. What she knew is that her baby had life because of the cry. That's the natural birth process. When the Lord said the natural, it's just like the spiritual. I'm finna be quiet. I know you're praying for me. I know some of you got a rabbit in. I mean, I'm not a rabbit. A roast in the oven. A wabbit. I don't know where the Holy Ghost went on that one there. That which is born flesh is flesh. That's born spirit is spirit. So, in the natural, flesh. Husband, wife. What's from the man's plant side of one. Spirit. The Bible said the seed is the word of God. When the seed is planted in us spiritually, the word tells us we must be baptized. The natural water sack. Jesus said, except the man is born of the water. The spiritual water baptism. Seed from the man to the woman. Seed the word of God to our spirit. One produced and conceived in a natural water sack. The word of God instruct us to be baptized water baptism. We said in the natural, once we rush mama to the hospital, man, we do what we can to get up on the operating table and we put it there and, and then the baby come out we say the baby cry but we don't understand the thing that the baby is saying but we know that baby have life and everybody have joy well when the spirit of God comes in it comes in us you don't see it with the natural eye it goes into our spirit and our spirit is brought back alive and our spirit responds because it have life and we speak in a language we never spoke in before nobody understands but it's a sign that I have new life. Come on, somebody, stand with me. God's going to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost.